1: The group of seven foreign ministers wrapped up their summit on Tuesday, issuing a joint communique. They unanimously condemned Russia's invasion of Ukraine and called for Russia to immediately withdraw troops.
2: They also stood united on the issue of Taiwan. The ministers emphasized the importance of peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait. They opposed China's attempts to unilaterally change the status quo through force or intimidation. The G7 also supported Taiwan's participation as an observer in the World Health Assembly and in technical meetings of the WHO. China carried out a surprise exercise in the Yellow Sea on Tuesday, marking the latest in a string of military maneuvers. Taiwan's Defense Ministry says that the short, small-scale exercise was most likely an internal drill.
1: Amid high regional tensions, Bloomberg reveals that Taiwan plans to buy up to 400 land-launched Harpoon missiles from the U.S. This acquisition would be a first for Taiwan. It would significantly boost Taiwan's ability to repel a Chinese
3: invasion. On the streets of Green Island, the rare sight of a military convoy. Over at the fishing port, landing craft are docked and ready. Rumor has it that they're connected to China's latest military exercise. Late Monday evening, China's Maritime Safety Administration issued a sudden notice announcing a significant military operation from 9 a.m. to noon on Tuesday in the Yellow Sea. The notice banned vessels from entering the area, but provided no details about the planned exercise.
4: This exercise is brief and its area is quite small. It's likely to be an internal drill.
3: The Defense Ministry is closely monitoring Chinese activity, which include encirclement drills, a navigation warning, and exercises in the Pohai and Yellow Sea. Lawmakers are condemning Beijing for its aggression.
0: This
4: Not only does this have a great negative impact on economic livelihoods, it also doesn't do any good for China's relations with its neighbors. <laughs> Repeated military exercises do not contribute to cross-strait peace and development. We ask that they refrain from engaging in this kind of behavior.
3: As the Yellow Sea exercise unfolded, four PLA aircraft entered Taiwan's southwestern airspace, prompting monitoring by Taiwan's coastal defense system. According to Bloomberg, Taiwan plans to buy 400 land-launched harpoon missiles from the U.S. for about 51.8 billion NT. Production is expected to be completed by March 2029. Sources say the U.S. is working to expedite delivery.
4: The 400 harpoon missiles could take down 50 percent of the PLA forces attempting to invade Taiwan by sea effectively deterring reckless moves by the CCP.
3: Amid China's growing threat, legislator Wang Dingyu says Taiwan must expand its arsenal of anti-ship missiles, beefing up its strike capabilities to form a credible deterrent.
1: Some 200 U.S. military personnel are stationed across Taiwan to help with training. According to sources with knowledge of the matter, The trainers are from the U.S. Indo-Pacific Command, and 80% of them are from the Army.
2: They're here to provide practical consultations for Taiwan's one-year conscription program, which will feature U.S.-style combat drills. The American Institute in Taiwan won't comment on specifics, but it emphasizes that U.S. support for Taiwan's defense will be commensurate with the evolving threat.
3: A Lockheed C-130 Hercules flies over Pingdong's Da Peng Bay as Special Forces soldiers jump from 1,250 feet. In this drill, the troops trained in releasing themselves from their parachutes and preventing entanglement with the canopy. Despite strong winds and waves, the soldiers landed right on target.
4: The main purpose is to train special forces troops to use parachutes across various terrains.
3: The exercise was meant to boost troops' ability to land safely in various terrains, ensuring a swift response to combat missions. Besides ramping up training on its own, Taiwan is reportedly getting support from 200 U.S. troops from the Indo-Pacific Command. Eighty percent of the U.S. personnel are from the Army. This is in preparation for next year's one-year conscription policy, as Taiwan plans to adopt U.S.-style combat drills. When asked about the visiting troops, Taiwan's military declined to give details, citing an agreement reached with the U.S.
4: The new training regime will be different from that of reservists, really different. It's U.S.-style training. I went to Fort Benning in the U.S. and participated in the new training course. I did it, and let me tell you, it was tough. You wake up at 4 a.m. and run 10 kilometers. It's a training in physical fitness, combat techniques, and coordinating teamwork, including in urban warfare. All of that is integrated.
3: The Taiwan counselor says he looks forward to the changes in the program. Back in March, two U.S. staff were spotted by media at a 14-day training camp for reservists. They were seen recording tactical maneuvers performed by the soldiers. U.S. assistance in Taiwan's military training has long been an open secret. Its normalization points to the growing closeness between the two countries.
2: French lawmaker Eric Botterell met with DPP presidential candidate Lai ching on Tuesday. Botterell reassured Taiwan of France's unwavering support for its democracy. This came after France's president said that Europe should not get caught up in the Taiwan Strait conflict.
1: In his meeting with Lai, Botterell emphasized that France's position on Taiwan remained unchanged. Let's hear from them.
4: The stability of the Taiwan Strait is crucial for peace in the Indo-Pacific region and for the world's sustainable development. We very much need France's strength. I hope for even greater support from France in the future.
0: Before coming, you ask me to send you the following messages. Try and ship with the Taiwanese people. There is no change, of course. France continue to support the status quo."
1: Baterelle clarified that the status quo was Taiwan's pursuit of democracy. He emphasized that the need to strengthen collaboration between Taiwan and France, as well as between Taiwan and the EU. Baterelle cited the French Revolution, saying that the French have always favored democracy and chosen to work closely with democratic nations. An older adult's center in Geelong has launched a project to record the fingerprints of dementia patients. Almost 5,000 people in Geelong are estimated to have dementia. They are at an elevated risk of going missing if they leave the house and forget where they live.
2: But if police have a record of their fingerprints, they can help individuals get home safely. The city's police bureau hopes more families will become aware of the scheme and get their loved ones' prints recorded as a safeguard with
3: okay. you staff help an older person to dip their finger in ink and press it on the page. This senior care center and the Jilong Police Bureau have come together to create this fingerprinting system aimed at preventing older people with dementia from going missing.
4: Through daycare, we can notice that lots of older people with dementia gradually forget people, events, times, places, objects. For example, they can no longer remember where they live.
3: At least 4,900 people in Geelong have dementia which is about 1.3 percent of the city's population. Staff at this center fear their service users might get lost when they leave home. So now, with the family's consent, they take the individual's fingerprints, which will help police swiftly identify them and help them get home if they're lost.
4: According to figures from the National Police Agency, we need to take fingerprint records of about 1,000 people. Only about a third of that number have actually recorded their fingerprints. That's a tiny proportion. That's a big danger in terms of dementia patients going missing.
3: Officials hope to spread awareness of the risks of dementia and make more families aware that fingerprinting could be a useful safeguard. Photographers take note. The 2023 National Geographic
1: Taiwan Photo Contest has kicked off.
2: This year's theme focuses on Taiwan and is divided into five entry categories. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the details.
5: documenting a variety of wildlife from the Amazon to Antarctica. These are the works of Dutch National Geographic wildlife photographer Frans Lanting. He's the winner of the World Press Photo Competition. For 30 years, Lanting has been documenting wildlife and discussing various issues around the world.
4: I like to do deep dives into the lives of individual animals, the wild places they depend on and how they are impacted by us. Every one of the many stories that I've produced for National Geographic expanded my understanding about the connections between people and nature.
6: The
5: 2023 National Geographic Taiwan Photo Contest has kicked off. This year's contest calls for entries taken in Taiwan. The competition is divided into five categories people, places, nature, ecological sustainability, and youth group. Due to media reports about people profiting from taking photos of birds under unethical conditions, the 2023 competition has suspended the acceptance of bird photography submission. <laughs>
4: It is not easy to distinguish whether the photo was taken under ethical conditions, so we are not accepting bird photography this year. The theme of diversity is of course focusing on biological diversity. National Geographic magazine attaches great importance to the environment. We hope that contestants can capture the diverse creatures and wildlife in our environment.
5: This year, National Geographic has partnered with Wistron to open a new competition category titled Ecological Sustainability.
4: Every photo has a story. I think it is very powerful to express stories through photography.
5: The National Geographic Taiwan Photo Contest is now in its seventh year. Photographers and photography lovers can submit their entries by July 13th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Hong Guo-Kai in Taipei. Hong Hai founder Terry Goh isn't backing down on his bid
1: for the KMT presidential nomination.
2: At a press conference on Tuesday, Goh dismissed rumors that the KMT had already picked new Taipei mayor Ho Yi as its candidate. Go remained confident in his candidacy, pointing to a strong showing in recent public opinion polls.
3: Before discussing his visit to Japan, Hong Kai founder Terry Go sings the national anthem and recites the will of Sun Yat sen, showcasing his commitment to the ROC.
4: With the right leader, Taiwan would be able to take advantage of its strengths and forge its own path in the middle ground. The problem lies in politics.
3: Goh said he had given much thought to two questions over the past two years as he weighed his presidential aspirations.
4: Where does Taiwan's future lie? What kind of president does the ROC need? I believe that I can provide the most valuable leadership for Taiwan's future.
3: In a bid to win the KMT nomination, Goh recently visited the U.S. and Japan. But reports say the party has already chosen new Taipei Mayor Ho Youyi as its candidate.
4: I'm in close communication with Party Chairman Chu and Secretary General Huan Jianting. My ratings have been on the rise recently. I think that Chairman Chu will be fair and pick the person with the highest poll ratings.
3: Go rejected rumors that the KMT had ruled him out. According to a recent poll by the Taiwanese Public Opinion Foundation, both Go and Ho would lose to DPP nominee Lai Qingde. Ho is ahead of Go by just 3.7 percentage points, raising questions about the possibility of a Ho Go ticket.
0: 2024.
4: I'm confident that an opposition coalition will be able to win the 2024 election.
3: Speaking about his potential running mate, Goh kept his cards close to his chest, but he was brimming with confidence in his bid to run for president as the KMT nominee.
2: MPOX cases have hit a new weekly high with 15 new infections reported. There were 13 local cases and two imported cases of the disease formerly known as monkeypox. Health officials say that the risk of community transmission is increasing.
1: They say the outbreak must be closely monitored until early May to assess
4: its trajectory. There are 15 new cases of monkeypox. Overall, the risk of transmission within the country has increased. It looks like this wave began around the time of Tomb Sweeping Festival, around the time of the long weekend when there was a significant increase in social activities. The transmission is primarily occurring through close contact, including casual sexual contact and intercourse. We are already in the process of purchasing the next batch of vaccines. We'll purchase an estimated 20,000 vials, enough for 60,000 people. They will arrive next month.
1: There are now a total of 40 confirmed mpox cases. Nine patients are still in hospital isolation. So far, over 7,000 people have gotten the monkeypox vaccine and more than 25,000 people are registered to receive it. The Taiwan CDC is urging vaccination for people who engaged in high-risk behaviors in the past six months. Model airplanes are one of those toys that never get old. For some airplane fans, collecting planes can be a lifelong passion and a door into countless worlds of exploration.
2: Today, we'll take a tour of one of the most impressive model airplane collections in Taiwan. Collector Roger got his first plane 28 years ago at the age of six, and he's never looked back. Many of his models shed light on major world events, from wars to famous accidents and even a little bit of heavy metal legend.
4: The body and wings of the plane are straight as an arrow. In the cockpit sits a little pilot. This is one of Roger's Model
2: F-16s. This
4: plane has special significance.
7: We put the name of the colonel who operated this airplane, Jiang Zhengzhi, on the Model. We saw on the news once that a tragic accident occurred to that pilot, so I think this plane is kind of a commemoration for him now.
4: Model collector Roger treasures this particular model, not least because of its place in Taiwan's collective memory.
7: We can see F-16s in the sky between Hualien and Xixingtan every New Year's Day. They do a pretty spectacular aerial show.
4: But this little plane is an even rarer collector's item.
7: I expect this cargo plane looks familiar. It was a recent Russian target in the Ukraine war. The plane was destroyed, and it was the only one of its kind in the world. It was called the AN-225 Maria.
4: Photos of the ruined AN-225 caused a global uproar last year. The AN 225 had a takeoff weight of 640 tons. The outsized aircraft was the heaviest plane in the world, with the largest wingspan of any aircraft in use.
7: During the Soviet Union era, it was used to transport a space shuttle called the Buran Orbiter.
4: This model is a replica of the AN-225 with its Buran orbiter at a scale of 1 to 400. Even its distinctive cockpit can be opened up to reveal a realistic interior. There are just 10 models of this kind on the market in Taiwan, making it a holy grail for airplane collectors. Roger even has a model of the plane in which English heavy metal band Iron Maiden toured the world in their heyday.
7: Who piloted this plane? It was their lead singer. It's hard to find this plane on the market. They never made very many copies.
4: And there are many more precious items here in Roger's tash. It's a shrine not just to toys, but also to world history and aeronautics.
2: Only three reservoirs in Taiwan remain over half-full as rains continue to evade the island. But some welcome relief is on the horizon. A frontal system is set to sweep in Wednesday to Thursday.
1: Southern regions should brace for a downpour and possibly even thunderstorms before the rains taper off starting Friday. Forecasters say this will be the first time this spring that southern Taiwan gets significant rainfall. It might not be enough to break the drought, but it should give much needed respite to the region.
3: We used to talk about a major drought striking every 10 years, and later on, that became every six years. But nowadays, in this era of extreme weather, you can see the Chieftain Rock every three to four years.
4: The dry spell has sent Shimen Reservoir plummeting below 40% capacity, exposing the Chieftain Rock fully and leaving a field where water used to be.
3: In another half a month, everything here will just be green. There is nobody left in the restaurant business, so if you catch fish, who can you sell them to? There is no water for boat tours. Tourists aren't coming, and that's having a big impact.
4: With no visitors coming to the reservoir, boat operators can do nothing but sit and wait for rain. They're pinning their hopes on a frontal system that could bring relief starting Wednesday.
3: Thursday, we'll see downpours and thunderstorms all over the country. In the western half and the northeast, the rains will last longer and there may be localized heavy showers or short bursts of extremely heavy rains. Though the front will have left by Saturday and Sunday, some cloud systems from southern China will approach. So there will still be some rains in the plains and mountains in the north and east. Over in central and southern Taiwan, there will still be some brief showers in mountainous areas.
4: The Central Weather Bureau says that another front will approach next Tuesday, but it's not expected to bring heavy rains. At most, there will be localized brief showers in the north and east, with overcast skies elsewhere. The
1: annual Taipei City firefly season has kicked off. The Taipei City government has unveiled its best locations for firefly gazing in April and May.
2: You can catch a glimpse of fireflies at Da'an Forest Park, Rongxin Garden Park, and other locations. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us to Da'an Forest Park for a look.
5: Fireflies illuminate the sky. The annual firefly viewing season in Taipei has kicked off and will take place till May 1st. Taipei City will hold a series of guided tours in Daan Forest Park as well as a concert themed on fireflies. The organizer says that the best time to come view the fireflies is around 6.40 p.m.
4: Every year, the Firefly Festival is accompanied by a concert. The team, gathered by Mrs. Susie Jian, will sing songs related to the Fireflies. Our tours are held on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, three days. On other weekdays, you can come to see the Fireflies by yourself fireflies start appearing around 6.40 or 7 p.m.
5: In Taipei, you can also catch a glimpse of fireflies at Zhongxin Garden, Tiger Mountain, and other places. Over in Jiayi, the Culture and Tourism Bureau has also unveiled 15 firefly viewing spots in Ali Shan, Meishan, and Zhuqi Townships.
4: When they start flying around, they may fly onto your clothing. Don't try to catch them because their bodies are soft and pressure could hurt them. Just let them fly away by themselves. Don't bring lights here because we already have a few yellow 590 nanometer firefly-friendly lights.
5: Visitors are reminded to not disturb the fireflies by taking photos with flash, wearing light-emitting equipment, or using flashlights. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Huang Borong in Taipei. A delegation from the French National Assembly arrived on Monday for a four-day visit. The delegation is led by Eric Botterel, the head of the France-Taiwan Parliamentary Friendship Group. This is the third French parliamentary delegation to visit Taiwan this year, and a fourth one is scheduled to visit later this month.
2: Speaking to media after his arrival, Botterel said the visit underscored France's support for Taiwan. Let's hear from him.
0: You cannot sum up the relationship between France and Taiwan only uh, about uh, business. This is more stronger than this. I think this is very important for us to be here and just saying to all the people from Taiwan, we stand to you, uh, we are close to you, and uh, you will be uh, a friend. Uh, we are very attached for the statu quo. Uh, the blocus is not an option. According to us, nothing changed. What we want to say to uh, Taiwan is, if something up happens to Taiwan, it will change the world. That's the reason why we have for instance, a military ship from France on the China Sea last week.
2: During their Taiwan stay, the members of the delegation will meet Vice President Lai ching and Legislative Speaker Yo Xi-kun. Bottero has expressed support for Taiwan on many occasions. Earlier this month, amid rising cross-strait tensions, he said on social media that he would continue showing his friendship to the people of Taiwan. He added that the two countries had much in common and that China's show of strength would not change that.
5: At last, after 1,111 days, Taiwan has ditched its mask mandate on public transportation.
2: This morning, several commuters were seen embracing their newfound freedom, breathing in fresh air with bare faces. But at least 90% of passengers chose to keep their masks on, saying that at this point, they were used to it.
3: Stepping off the metro at Taipei Main Station, commuters gear up for a new day. The CCC has lifted its mask mandate on public transportation. Here in the crowd, you can't miss the mask-free passengers relishing the feel of liberation.
4: Unlike breathing fresh air, I'm in a great mood. (laughs) I'm very comfortable. I feel like the pandemic has gone on for a long time, so I don't have that sense of emergency anymore.
3: Taiwan's mask mandate on public transport lasted 1,111 days. With the easing of the pandemic, the mandate was loosened to require masks only on ambulances. But even so, at least 90 percent of today's passengers were still wearing their masks.
4: For one thing, I'm afraid of getting infected. For another, I'm used to wearing a mask. Once the government declares masks unnecessary everywhere, I'll consider trying to go without.
3: Besides on ambulances, the mask mandate still applies to medical or care facilities. In addition, masks are advised for people with COVID symptoms and poor immunity, as well as older adults.
4: Masks are currently required at public transport stations, but in this round of adjustments, we have made masks voluntary. However, we still want to remind people that at some transit stations, especially during the holidays, there may be large crowds and it may be hard to social distance. In these situations, we recommend wearing a mask.
3: Some physicians say Taiwan should do more to ease mask restrictions.
4: In the future, we might not need masks even in hospitals and in ambulances. Taiwan has already achieved herd immunity. Most people have either been infected or have already gotten three, four, five, six, seven doses of the vaccine.
3: But other doctors argue that closer tracking of severe COVID cases is needed for assessing the pandemic's trajectory and guiding future mask policies.
2: Post office pickup is now available for the government's 6,000 NT handout. You can collect the cash in person by presenting your health insurance card. If you're collecting for someone else, bring their NHI card and your photo ID.
5: As of 10 in the morning on Monday, 130,000 people had completed the process at one of Taiwan's 1,298 post offices. This first week, post offices will implement odd-even rationing to space out collection. If your ID number ends in an odd number, head out to the post office on Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. If it ends in an even number, go on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. But heads up, only 280 post offices locations are open on Saturdays. Uh, Press the shutter and the flash goes off. But look closely.
3: It's not a phone. It's a point-and-shoot compact camera.
4: It's a childhood memory. Phones now capture too much detail. It has value from the passage of time. I will buy it if it has a pleasing price.
3: Customers browse the store. They check the camera's functions and how it feels to use, but most important is the price. These cameras cost just 10 to 20 percent of what they did 20 or 30 years ago. If you search long enough, you might find a Leica model which is out of production, that idea draws many photography buffs to Taipei's flea
4: markets. It is secondhand after all, so of course it's much cheaper than the cameras were back in the day. But some models have become collector's grade now, so they're several times more expensive than they were originally.
3: This store boasts European necklaces, earrings, and fashionable handbags from the 1950s, with inflation soaring high, Famous brands are raising prices by 20 or 30 percent, so people who want to enjoy a little luxury are searching for hidden gems in these secondhand stores.
4: If the prices of brands keep going up and up, then actually the prices in secondhand markets start to look pretty sweet, because it might be 20 or 30 percent off.
3: And bargain hunters can even slash their food budget at these near-expiry stores selling everyday items. <laughs>
4: My children all like the stuff here, so I come here to get it. Compared to this period last year, footfall is up by 20 to 30 percent.
3: The shelves here are covered in eye-catching discount signs. Almost everything here has 10 or 15 percent off on average. For items with a very short expiry date, it could be 70 or 80 percent off. These consumers are shopping around to find the best ways to beat inflation.
2: The Veterans Affairs Council has received its biggest donation in nearly two centuries. 87-year-old Zhu Luan from Taoyuan donated $6 million NT in honor of her late husband and son. Zhu's husband
5: had been a retired service member. Following her husband's death, Chu wanted to donate his savings to the Veterans Affairs Council to thank the government for looking after him. She discussed the idea with her son, but tragically lost her son as well last year. Before proceeding with her donation, Chu sought the blessing of her son and husband through a divination ritual using moon blocks. After receiving three positive signs, she went ahead with a generous gift. Chu hopes her donation will support more military families, especially those who lost loved ones in service. She encourages others to follow suit to promote greater attention and care for service members and their families. We return with China's trade barrier investigation on Taiwan, a sweeping probe targeting 2,455 products.
2: On Monday, Economics Minister Wang Meihua said that for the first time ever, China notified Taiwan of the investigation via the WTO. As for how Taiwan will respond, the minister said the government has launched interministerial discussions to form a response The Executive Yuan's Office of Trade Negotiations will take the lead in communicating with China, while the Economics Ministry will analyze the industrial impact of the probe, including the number of affected businesses. Notably, the investigation could last until January 12, 2024, one day before Taiwan's presidential elections. President Premier Chen Jianren spoke publicly about the probe last Sunday, urging China not to politicize trade matters. Taiwan has launched a trial program that reduces air conditioning use at chain restaurants and hotels. Starting Monday, the A.C. must be set at no lower than 23 degrees during meal times.
5: The trial will affect more than 1,300 businesses around Taiwan, with a full rollout slated for 2025. Some businesses fear the new rule could drive diners away, but other businesses say the policy is in line with their current temperature controls.
4: The cook braves high temperatures as he prepares a meal on the griddle. The economics ministry has launched a trial program to cut down on electricity consumption. Starting Monday, restaurants and hotels are banned from setting their air conditioning below 23 degrees at mealtimes. The policy will officially take effect in
7: 2025.
3: Most of the time, we set it to 23 or 24 degrees, but if it gets very hot, we might lower it to about 20 degrees. If it's not comfortable inside, customers won't want to come. When they are cooking things, of course it gets hotter, and if there are a lot of people, it gets quite stuffy.
4: Summers are only getting warmer, and diners say they'd rather not sweat over their lunch. Temperature control is crucial at hot pot restaurants, where rising steam and big crowds can result in a stuffy environment. But one restaurant group says it's already regulating AC use to save energy.
3: All the restaurants across all the brands in our group keep their indoor temperatures between 23 and 24 degrees. The policy won't have much of an impact on us. We already have temperature control measures in place. Besides, we offer all-you-can-eat frozen treats, so I think diners won't be affected
4: much. Since 2014, 20 types of businesses have been banned from setting air conditioning systems to temperatures below 26 degrees, with the exception of mealtimes. Now, the Economics Ministry has launched a trial to regulate mealtime temperatures, starting with chain restaurants and hotels. The ministry hopes more businesses will join the initiative voluntarily to cut carbon emissions and save on electricity bills.
5: Last month in France, Taiwan made waves at the 10th International Ava Olympics, a vocational skills contest for people with disabilities. Twenty-eight talented contestants took home eight golds, nine silvers, and three bronzes for a total of 20 medals. Taiwan ranked third among all participating countries.
2: At a ceremony on Monday, Vice President Lai ching thanked the contestants for shining a spotlight on Taiwan's vocational skills.
3: On the international stage, you demonstrated your perseverance and courage, and that was how you earned this honor.
0: uh This year,
3: our national team won more medals than teams in the past. I believe that these competitors, by applying their focus and their self-confidence, will be able to continue developing their professional skills. Even though we have disabilities and may appear imperfect, our hearts are so resilient and strong. We hope that corporate bosses can give us more job opportunities so that we can prove that our abilities are on par with others.
2: Shen Fanghui is a gold medalist in the category of Western-style cuisine. She's missing four fingers on her left hand, which affects her dexterity in the kitchen. Shen overcame the odds through relentless practice over five years. Another gold medalist is Huang Jingfu, who has hearing loss. Huang impressed the judges with his passion and his unique vision in studio photography. As Taiwan society ages, medical support for hearing difficulties is a growing industry. Almost 40% of folks over the age of 65 have some hearing issues, which in Taiwan means well over 1 million people.
5: The manufacturers of Taiwan's hearing aids are also actively expanding into international markets. We spoke to doctors, hearing aid fitting specialists and manufacturers to find out how the supply chain is getting optimized.
3: Taiwan is an aging society. Four in ten adults over the age of 65 have hearing problems, often caused by degenerative conditions or diseases. That's about 1.2 million people in Taiwan.
4: (laughs) As the population of older people grows, on average, 5-6% to 6% of the population have got what we can call hearing difficulties. Because they can't hear well, they gradually go out and socialize less often. And when that external stimulation is reduced, then their brain activity reduces, so that also leads to dementia.
3: Over the long term, using a hearing aid to listen to music or watch TV shows can help reduce aging for people with hearing difficulties. Each year, the population of people with hearing issues grows and demand is soaring for devices such as hearing aids and cochlear implants. A child enters the hearing booth and puts on earphones, ready to begin their hearing test. You
7: can hear the sound of
3: The test taker presses a button when they hear a sound. The responses are picked up by this precision instrument and used to select an appropriate hearing aid to meet their needs.
4: We trim the hearing aid based on the ear shape of the test takers ears and according to their size preferences. In principle, we have what we call the half ear shape, the whole ear shape, and the deep ear shape.
3: Modeling material is used to make a copy of the ear canal. It's sent to a manufacturer to create this tiny hearing aid. The precision technology inside, including a core chip and low-latency Bluetooth functionality, is all made by the Taiwan Hearing Aid National Team.
4: We want to integrate the power of our supply chain in Taiwan, like integrating the power of our seeding providers and semiconductor factories. We're banding together to fight and help our Taiwanese manufacturers get out into the world and be competitive against these big foreign manufacturers. The proportion of our domestic orders has gradually grown to almost 50%, and the rest is 30% Japan and 20% European and American orders.
3: Taiwan's hearing aid manufacturers have big ambitions to expand into the global medical device industry.
4: Push back the yellow shelves to find the manga or novel you want, then sink back in a sofa to lose yourself in the world of the book. This was Taiwan's first chain of DVD and book rental stores. At its height, the chain had 50 locations. But in 2016, the parent company dissolved, leaving just six or seven locations operating.
6: In those days when there was a typhoon, people would either go to PX Mart or to the book rental store, and there'd be a line stretching all the way to the door over there.
4: The owner of this store, Xie Yonghua, has been a manga fan since she was a little child. Now in her 30s, she started working part-time in a book rental store while at university. And three years ago, when she heard the store's owner wanted to quit, she couldn't bear to see the store close. So she took it on.
6: The previous owner wanted someone to take over. When I heard the news, I got in contact with them. If nobody had taken it, the store would have been knocked down and sold. I didn't want these books to be sold.
4: Shea was expecting to have to struggle against competition from the internet, especially online streaming services. But the pandemic was an unexpected challenge. She developed the business by publishing book reviews on Facebook and Instagram, introducing new books to her customers and organising events like book fairs and film festivals.
6: I come here every other day. Lots of stores have closed down in Taipei, so this place is precious.
4: Some of Xie's older customers come here every day, taking home an armful of martial arts novels each time. Xie affectionately calls these loyal customers her usha uncles.
6: They're getting older and they've always enjoyed reading. If we disappeared, they wouldn't know where to go to spend time. And they make friends by coming here.
4: During the pandemic, Xie even stepped in to help customers book vaccinations and bought pulse oximeters to help protect her older patrons. So far, the store has not yet managed to break even. It has losses of almost 20,000 NT a month. But she is willing to persevere for the sake of the books she's loved all her life.